Welcome back, everyone, to the PXP Let's Talk Success podcast. I'm Dre, joined by my co-host, Paul Plummer. Hey, Dre. How are you doing today? Doing great. How's uh, the day been so far? <laughs> Busy as normal, but that's a, that's a really good thing. There's been uh, several people in here today, some uh, many returners and several new individuals learning uh, how to move their body. It's only, uh, oh, it's 150. It, it is, yeah. It's been one of those days where... Um, they've been scheduled to come in and so forth, but it's, it's that time of year where people are either looking forward to their goals coming up next year or they've just come off a season and they're trying to um, make some improvements or make some adjustments and, and figure out what went well, what, what didn't go so well, and, and we're getting some baseline information to help build into next season. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, it's snowing, um, so <laughs> yeah. that's uh, second snowfall of the year, so that's fun as always. <laughs> but how do you feel about snow? Uh, it, it has its place. I, I like yeah. it for a while. <laughs> That's for sure. It has its place on Christmas Day. That's about it. Um, so I have an interesting question for you. Um, and I don't know if you're going to have an answer, but I got asked this yesterday by the girls at um, Fisher's Cryotherapy. So I wanted to ask you, just because I thought of it, if you had a DJ name, what would it, what would it be? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, you, you never thought of, like, <laughs> on your own, at home, sitting around, like mixing tunes in your head uh, like i'd be dj no, dj paulie d or something I, I think after i heard uh, dj jazzy jeff uh, a couple of decades ago i, I stopped uh, trying to jeff. perfect that okay <laughs> i don't even know who that is honestly, so. it's a little before your time yeah but all right think, well think fresh prince of bel-air that's who i thought i was like <laughs> that's the only one i know is the fresh yeah. prince of bel-air guy okay well, all right i'll take it um paulie fresh um here's so cricket's joke um, oh. I'm going to bring it to you every week. Um, she just loaded me up on them too, like literally right before I came here. But this one she gave me the other day. So a lady in labor shouts, couldn't, wouldn't, did it. And the doctor says, don't worry. Those are just contractions. <laughs> <laughs> at first it's, at first it took me a second when I heard it, but, um, I thought it was good. So shout out to cricket. I hope she hears it. She will sometime. Um, all right, so let's get into it today. Um, so I kind of want to feed off the last couple of podcasts, um, and what we've been doing. Dang it. I'm sorry, Josh. I just said, um, like four times. I know. I'm sorry. Um, and again, so discipline is what I want to go over today. We talked about it, um, during running and during, and I, and a little bit with Jay last week, but I know you mentioned it during the um, You're Running Too Much podcast. So I kind of wanted to go over discipline today and kind and feed off of that because not only did we have the podcast where we just, you know, we went over your philosophies yeah. and those take a lot of discipline, I think, doing all of that. And not, and not only just in your training, but in any training, really, right? Yeah. I mean, when you're playing sports and life in general, you need discipline. So... And then we had Jay come on, and I think Jay has a lot of discipline. Um, if you didn't watch last week's episode, go watch it on YouTube. Um, you can see Jay take off his shirt, so <laughs> go check that out. That's that's worth a look right there. Right. Um, and then you just came off of Ironman Florida, and, uh-huh. obvi- and obviously an Ironman takes a ton of discipline as well. So I kind of want to go over that. Um, I'm going to give you the definition first, like the actual definition, uh-huh. and then I want to know what your definition yep. is. Um, so the def- the according to the internet, <laughs> the definition of discipline is to train or develop by instruction and exercise 
especially in self-control. And then I have the self-control definition just because I'm weird like that and I got it. Um, So self-control is the restraint or is restraint exercised over one's own impulses, emotions, or desires. Go. Yeah. So, so to me, discipline has a lot of different connotations, a lot of different meanings, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of like success. If you're going to try to define success, everybody has a different word for it. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a different um, perception of it. Um, sometimes it's, it's tough to really describe what successful is. Is it crossing the line? Is it meeting a new goal? Is it going faster than you've gone before? Is it a metric that you've improved? Those are all pieces of success, but how, what can you do to truly be successful? Um, but when you see somebody who is successful, you know what that, it's, you know where that's at. Same thing with discipline. You can be disciplined in form. You can be disciplined in technique. You can be disciplined in being consistent. You can be disciplined in a number of different pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to me, when, when people talk about discipline in their training, there's a lot of different nuances to what that really means. I think one of the more critical pieces is, you know, especially if somebody's getting started, being disciplined in the consistency, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, getting out there and, and being consistent in their workouts, um, especially early on, being consistent in paying attention to what their goal is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually in that first part, it's, it's, it's getting the body acclimated, it's getting the body moving again, it's getting the body um, used to doing whatever load that is. It could be discipline and paying attention to form mm-hmm. technique where your body's at you know we're here we just uh, finished up a class not too long ago and we had you know several rounds of push-ups and we had uh, I was pushing them on numbers I pushed them with some intensity and and some of them we had to pull them back and say don't forget about your form you know just don't just try to get to a number don't just try to get to a finish line but how well are you doing it Another way of trying to describe that discipline is quality versus quantity. And we mentioned some of that stuff, especially last week with Jay. Right. Just just building off of that from what you said with form, why is that important with form? Why is discipline important with form? And I'm kind of of asking, you know, for the listeners, but I'm I'm also asking a little bit for myself right now just because I want to hear it again. Yeah. So so I hope this is a Captain Obvious type question, right? I mean, why is form important? It does two things. The, the better form you have, the more efficient you are in your movement patterns, the more efficient you are in whatever you're attempting to do, the less likely you are to get hurt. Okay. So that's one aspect of form in mm-hmm. space. The second is the, more, uh, the better form you have, the better technique you have, the better your performance is going to be. Mm-hmm. The more efficient you're going to be, the longer you can go holding that uh, pace, that form, that cadence, that you know, whatever that metric that you're using on those spaces. Okay. So it improves your performance. It reduces your risk of injury. Okay, awesome. Um, what have you encountered with this topic um, among athletes, um, you know, athletes of the past, coach athletes, uh, yourself? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, just what have you it, encountered? It's really hard. I mean, you know, yeah. sitting here talking about it, 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 it's not that complicated, right? right. Just to yeah. sit here and tell people, hey, focus on your form, uh, stay in the moment, work on that technique. As soon as you start feeling it breaking break down, and, and as I talk about feeling it breaking down, trying to get the athletes to really pay attention to what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So they've got to be able to internalize where their foot's hitting or are they engaging their core? Are they engaging their back pockets, their glutes? You know, what, what is their cadence, what their metric is? You know, are they staying within a certain heart rate zone or whatever they're using at that moment? You know, staying right there. And as soon as they start uh, migrating from that or getting out of that space, being able to be disciplined to stop, or to back off or to focus or refocus on those areas. That's 
the easy stuff to talk about, putting it into practice, that's the hard part. And that's, we spend a lot of time uh, trying to help individuals put those two pieces together, understanding what the discipline is, but then also being disciplined enough to apply that discipline in their training. Do you have an example for me of like when you've seen, I don't want to say someone undisciplined, but when you've seen discipline work for an athlete by chance, um, just to give the listeners and viewers like an example of, of, an, of a success where discipline was practiced. Yeah, absolutely. Usually, so we start, we do a lot of heart rate based training, right? And right. Many people use heart rate based training when somebody comes in. You know, I don't make any assumptions about where their fitness level is, whether they're just beginning or whether they're a veteran you know, returning. You know, we spend a, a, a good block of time working on that base training. Okay, So let's take a rookie that's just coming in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I talked to him about where the heart rate should be and you know, that zone two space. And, and, and we use four zones. If you look on the Internet, there's a bunch of different zones. There's a bunch of different theories out there. You've got everything from you know, four, five, six, seven zones. Um, and some of those zones have like 5A, 5B, 5C, 5D. That, those are all great pieces, but they're really hard to be practical in, in how to apply something. And when I'm looking at a, a practical side, if, if something has a range of two to four heartbeats, mm-hmm. it's really not practical to stay in that right. truly uh-huh, in yeah. training. It's great for the labs. It's not great for practical training. So I, I break it down, and we've got four uh, and that zone two, that, that um, second zone, is the one we try to keep people in. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, as a, a rough es- estimate, about 70 to 80% of their max heart rate. If we're using resting heart rate, there's a, a different formulation on that. But getting rookies to keep their heart rate that low when they're doing stuff is really hard. Usually what they start talking about is they get going, and they're like, Paul, if I'm going to keep my heart rate in, in that zone, I have to walk. Okay. Right. Walk. Be disciplined. We're not looking at, I didn't ask you to train at a certain pace. I asked you to train at your heart in a certain effort. And if you can get the heart rate in that specific zone and keep it there and be disciplined, there's some great things that happen. Now, the challenge is that that great thing that happens, happens about six weeks. And so getting somebody to be disciplined and, and not feel stressed or less than because they're not working at a certain pace, but then keep that heart rate in that zone for a period of time, about week seven, eight, or nine, they start coming in and going, hey, my heart rate was in the zone, and did you see my pace? Mm-hmm. And, and they're able to get the best of both worlds. That's where it starts working out. It takes that discipline to keep that heart rate in that zone for a period of time, and it's usually longer than people, what people want it to be. But if I can get them to get to that second month of doing this, there are some great things that start to happen. Absolutely. And um, did, so this is just a curious question. Did you – put yourself through this when you started <laughs> absolutely <laughs> okay because i was just wondering I because same, i never asked you that before yeah and i had the same struggles i mean I, yeah. I would be you know be uh running with buddies and you know we all had certain paces and we wanted yeah. to compete and you know we were judging ourselves on what our pace was what our performance was and then as i started really looking at this stuff i'm like i can't run at that pace i've got mm-hmm. to back off and and my buddies who are you know, doing their thing right. are like, why are you so slow today? What's, what's <laughs> yeah. going? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing. And, and that's really hard sometimes to, to not give in to that pressure mm-hmm. um, of, you know, if you're running with buddies or a group uh, of run your pace, your For intensity. Sure. And, and that discipline is important. I know that's super tough, especially to try to find people within your own um, area of training, just uh, in terms of pacing or, um, 
whatever else, especially when you're running, because obviously we all have different hearts and different targets. So yeah, and, 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 yeah, and sorry for jumping no, in fine. real quick, yeah. but but you reminded me of of group runs, right? Right. So let's say we got a group of ten people running, and they're all going to go at the same pace. We're all going to be in a, in a blob running. There's about four or five of those in that group. They're going to get a great workout. They're right where they need to be. Mm-hmm. There's a couple that are up front that are going too slow. Mm-hmm. They're going too slow relative to where they should be, and it's, it's too light of a workout. Yeah. And there's a few in the back that are working too hard because they're trying to keep up. Right. And so they're getting too hard of a workout. When we do our group runs here, one of the, one of the things that, um, I'm not going to call it good or bad, it's just one of the things that happens, is we start together. Yeah. And then once we get out here a little bit, you're running at your intensity, at your pace. And so it doesn't really matter what your pace is. Our group runs, um, if, if they're for an hour... We're all back here in an hour. Yeah. We've covered different distances. We've gone different paces, mm-hmm. but we've worked at a relative similar effort relative right. to our heart. And then there's a lot of variety once you get into season of, you know, it's not all zone two work, right? If it's, mm-hmm. So there's other pieces. But I would encourage people to, to come join some group runs, to uh, not be afraid of, hey, I can't keep up, or I'm, I'm worried about a group run because I'm, and you have your explanation for that. Um, Come join them. No, yeah, for sure. And I'm glad you brought that up because I, I didn't plan on you going there. But I do – I mean, that you made a good point just because, like you said, if we're, if we're all going out for an hour, um, you know, we're all going to be back in an hour, right? And usually in that hour, you can't – most of us aren't going to be that much farther ahead or behind um, anyone else, right? So you're going to see each other out there for, the, for most of it. Um, and so I, I do really like that because then you – also just come from my perspective you can't come back here and say that you necessarily worked harder than someone else Mm -hmm. really like sure you might have ran a half a mile farther than someone else but you still just went for an hour right and you went at your intensity that you were supposed to go to go at hopefully um and so did the other person that was either in front of you or behind you um so i really like that absolutely and and most of our runs we do out and backs i mean we've got some loops that we'll do but most of them we go out and back. So we go out at a certain time, turn around and come back. And so some people will cover more ground than that. But you get in trouble in training if you have um, – if, if everybody's trying to run the same distance, Yeah, one person's going to be running a lot longer than the other person. Mm-hmm. That person who out there, who's out there longer is at greater risk of injury. Yeah. If you do relative time training, well, then, then, then you don't have that same risk. Right. I understand. And they're definitely at greater risk when it's snowing. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, for sure. Don't slip. All right. So, no, awesome. Um, so another question I have for, for you is how do you stay disciplined in all of your training? Um, uh, that, just like tips and tricks on. Yeah. It's a challenge. I mean, it's my, my, my training specifically for me is, is a challenge. I mean, we're, um, we all have different jobs. We all have different demands. My mm-hmm. job just is, is, happens to be helping people achieve goals yeah and so part of my um, discipline comes from watching others do things and then trying to lead by example that mm-hmm. that's part of it and I know that um, if, if I get lazy in my training people are going to see it and then they're going to be like well if he can be lazy I can do this and and that comes back to the discipline of form and technique and cadence yeah the other piece that comes on this is having a goal mm-hmm. you know training to train that's really hard. Just training to, quote, stay in shape or to do something, that's really hard. There really isn't the, the pull or the uh, motivation to continue. I mean, why, if I miss today, so what? And, and so 
that drive, that discipline isn't as strong for me. If, if I have a, a goal of, hey, next month I want to run X distance or I want to do certain events or if I want to have something six months, eight months, a, a year from now, now I've got a goal to do those things and it helps create that pull, that drive, that motivation. Mm-hmm. And so going off of that, just because we're about to get into, I mean, it's winter, like we mentioned snow a couple of times. Um, oh, we got the, another, we got another month before winter. We're still in fall. Yeah. yeah <laughs> technically, I guess. Um, but what, so right now you don't, you're, you just got done with your race season. You don't necessarily have, I, I mean, I know you have goals, mm-hmm. um, but I'm going to ask you, what goals do you have to keep motivated during this winter? Um, to maybe help other people, you know, set goals for themselves mm-hmm. if they don't have any going into yeah. the winter, right? Because that's a great that's a great question. Because that's you know when you, when you finish your season, you know, I think most people should look back and, and give themselves some some accolades for what went well, mm-hmm. and then have a, a real conversation with yourself or with your coach or with someone else to, to say, you know, this didn't go as well. Um, how am I going to make that better? Yeah. So those become the goals. And, and in the off-season, you may not have a specific race goal set yet, yeah. but you've got some things that, hey, I need to recover. I need to um, – I feel a little fatigued. I uh, need to work on some strength. I'm not as balanced as I was. I, and you have a whole laundry list of things. Maybe mm-hmm. you want to get faster in your swim or your bike or your run. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not a triathlete and you're just a runner, maybe you want to work on cadence. Maybe you want to work on – there's a whole, all kinds of things that you can uh, identify – if you look back on what your past season was, what your successes were, what helped you be successful, and then as you look at the things that you wish you had done better, what are things you can improve to make that better? <laughs> Use those as your motivation. Okay, awesome. And I know so for you, you have like you'll you'll be racing next year, right? So you have goals to um, you know maybe get faster on the bike for next year, right? Or get better at your swim for next year. For those that, because you know we do, you well, you do have a lot of people in here for, I don't, I don't want to call it general, but they have general fitness yeah. goals. What are some of those goals that people can set for themselves? Whether it be, I'll just throw one out there: lower body fat percentage, yeah. um, to stay motivated to this winter. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that when when you get to January, you know, in the middle of December, everybody starts talking about these transformations and the, the New Year's resolutions yeah. and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. That stuff. Uh, I, I don't mind it because it helps people get motivated. Yeah. But if they keep their focus on those sort of things, it lasts about two to four weeks. And right. then it's over. Um, once you get into February, March, everybody starts talking about it. It's almost bikini season, and they get some sort of motivation because they're going to take off their sweatshirts, and they're going to be nervous about you know how they look mm-hmm. when they get into the beach stuff. Right now is that time where general fitness people, um, it's either uh, trying to figure out where they want to be. Hey, I want to get stronger. Uh, we've got uh, in body body composition here where you can you know see, see exactly what your composition is. Mm. Most people look at a number. How much do I weigh? Yeah, uh, that's cool. But in that within that number, what's your composition? How much fat do you have? How much muscle do you have? And those two numbers are the only two that really matter. If you can reduce the amount of fat you have and increase the amount of muscle you have, yeah. the total body weight you'll care less about because your composition will change. You'll look the way you want to look. Um, and I, I encourage people just to stop looking at the scale number yeah. and look at the proportion or the composition For that sure. makes up that number. And I think the, so I wasn't planning on saying this, but, and 
I wasn't planning on doing this kind of an advertisement, but I really, really, really think everyone should come in here and get on that because I, I love that thing. I mean, we have a love slash hate relationship, um, that scale and I, but it just shows you so much progress from when from the first day you started well probably not the first day you started because you maybe you didn't get on it like um as soon as you started um but i know i did within the first week when i started and i think it's awesome just because um you know it tells you where your fat is it tells you where your muscle is it tells you um your water weight your bmi all that kind of stuff which i mean i know we don't like bmi um but still i i love that thing i think everyone should do it um, so if you haven't done the in-body composition, come in and do it. It's also – it's part of the membership, right? Mm-hmm. One of yep. – yeah, the um, premium membership or whatever. Um, you can ask Paul about it. I suggest everyone come in and do it and see – and track your progress because it will make a huge difference just coming from me where, you know, I saw – I don't remember the exact numbers on our first ones, but I know I gained like – four pounds or seven pounds or something in that nature but i lost um i lost more fat and i gained um, more muscle than um than i had previously so like, I, I love that thing i just wanted to tell everyone just coming from the athlete um come get your in body done um get on the scale and see how much progress you're going to make over the next few months um and it'll really help your um I think it'll really help your mental side as well because you know you'll if you get on the scale in a month and you've been working out and you see you've gained five pounds you know it's kind of defeating and you don't know you're like oh man i i gained five pounds of fat that's not necessarily the case right but and you think you've been working out so hard and you think you've gained muscle you probably have so this thing tells you exactly that you have gained muscle um or maybe you haven't but you've um, lost fat so I would say everyone come in and get on that. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't. And, mean and to... I started and I started using the end body as part of the membership for that reason. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd ha- I'd start with somebody. They'd have a certain feeling uh, of what their body composition was. They'd have a certain perception of what their weight was. And you know, most of the time when we evaluate ourselves, it's on a negative slant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'd start doing stuff, and then some of the, the early athletes, you know, a number of years ago, would talk about the uh, first month, second month. Paul, why am I not losing weight? I'm gaining weight. I'm doing this. I'm yeah. doing that. And they're feeling negative about it. So we started, you know, trying to document this for them and show them what they're really doing. And, and most of them do gain weight in those first couple of months mm-hmm. because they're adding on muscle. Right. They're adding some stuff that they need to be adding, uh, even though they are losing fat. You know, we have a sign next to it that uh, uh, lovingly we call it the scale of lies. You know, just for uh, we'll give a shout out to Matt Deck real quick about the. Uh, the scale of lies he created a sign to put on there as a uh, his love hate relationship with the machine yeah no awesome um like i said i love that thing i think everyone should do it um get back on chorus so outside of training where else do you think we have to be disciplined in um i don't know where you want to take it but I'm oh that's an easy that. one for me yeah that's almost like a captain average <laughs> softball right. you know your, your workouts you know they're tough enough to be disciplined in right the consistency the form the technique all the stuff we talked about now we've got to talk about what you put in your body mm-hmm. being disciplined to, to fuel it well uh, i see two things happen um, two general themes of things that happen on the nutrition side some people who are getting started they, they start starving their body no, they don't think about that they're starving their body. They start restricting calories, um, yet they're um, 
doing more workouts, they're eating less calories, and, and you're just not going to go anywhere. And they can't figure out why they don't have the energy, they're feeling extra tired, and so they need to be disciplined in, in fueling it appropriately. Others might be feeling it appropriately, but they're putting the wrong things in there or the wrong ratios of things in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, maybe putting in too many carbs relative to not enough proteins. Okay. And, and that's what I, as a theme, that's what I see most, most athletes don't get enough protein relative to what they should be doing to work out and build muscle. Okay, gotcha. Um, I do want to kind of take this on to somewhat of the triathlon side for a second. Do you think you have to be disciplined differently in the three um, main areas of triathlon, swimming, running, cycling, um, for you? I don't know if you do or not. It's just a question I thought of. Um, like, do I, is it easier for me to be disciplined when I run versus when I swim or when I cycle versus when I run? So, yeah, I've gotten myself into a place where, you know, this, one of my goals for this upcoming year is to be more disciplined on my swimming. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my swimming, I'm not, I'm not a super fast swimmer. I'm not a slow swimmer. I'm one of those guys that uh, I can skip a, a couple weeks of workouts. I, you know, life can get busy and, 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 you know, that's usually where I pull myself away on the discipline from training is the swims are usually the first thing that go away and I can stay within that 145 to, to two minute uh, pacing even by missing a couple weeks and so you know with consistent training I can get down to the 130s and 135s 140s and, and be consistent on, on those different places but my discipline is harder in the swim because it takes a little extra time to get to the pool I know that I'm not going to lose that much time relative to the percentage of the triathlon on that side, kind of side, side of the world so it's harder for me to really push in the swim side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, early on when I was uh, uh, younger, less experienced in triathlon, I spent a lot more time on my swims than I do right now because I, was, I had so much time to make up. I had so much improvement that I could make. Right now for me, it's easier to stay disciplined on the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as pounding on my body. I can see some changes happening. I can, I'm building some strength in those places where it's, it's easier to do that because I get more... Uh, return on that investment of time if you will I'm, I'm making greater gains there the runs are the runs for me right now that I want to maintain and, and maybe make a little improvement but I really want to be uh, faster on the bike and so with those different goals it, it's you can see that it's really easy to be motivated and disciplined on the bike for me the, the bike is um, or sorry the run is yeah I can do that I can be motivated the swim is where it's really hard and that's where I need to push myself a little bit more to be disciplined for the swim mm-hmm and how do, how do we overcome that as people? Um, yeah, I know. I know that's a, that's my, that might be a tough question or a personal question. Um, but how, how do you overcome that? So there's that? a bunch or, of different pieces with that, right? So everybody's motivated differently. Right. There are some people who, you know, have a great internal drive. They can just push themselves. They can get there. And once they set a goal, nothing's going to stop them. Mm-hmm. Most of us aren't like that. And so having an accountability partner uh, yeah. helps. Uh, finding uh, group workouts you know, that, that you can join. You know, we've got uh, members that you know, meet routinely in the pool. We've got individuals who meet routinely throughout the week to ride a you know, bike. Right now we're doing a lot of indoor training on the bike. Yeah. And then we've got several members that are um, you know, running at the track or running in different places. We've got our Saturday morning runs. And so there's some opportunities to, to have that accountability to go join some of those group workouts. Yeah, no, that's huge. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't expect that. I didn't expect you to say that again. Um, 
but I think that's what's really nice about this group is that even because, I mean, I, my swim, well, right now my swim accountability partner is myself. Um, but outside of that, the, I do usually swim with a runner actually, um, which so just to let everyone know, it's not always a triathlete that you might be swimming or cycling with, right? Like there's a bunch of people in the group um, that do a bunch of different other things that will hold you accountable in areas you might not think um, they're going to hold you accountable in, right? I never thought that I would be swimming with um, the lady that I swim with because I knew she just ran, um, which I mean, I don't want to minimize just running by itself. Um, definitely it, running's a lot. And she's, an, <laughs> she's an awesome runner. Um, and, an, and she's super strong as well. But, you know, once again, we just have a very huge community, a huge group here, um, that does a bunch of different things and they are very good at holding you accountable, um, in all areas. I mean, that same person and a few other people hold me accountable to be here at 6 a.m. strength class every day or not every day but every Monday Wednesday Friday and I promise there are many days I do not want to be here at 6 a.m. but I know that um, if I'm not there I'm gonna get some texts (laughs) (laughs) so that's where um, uh, we do have a very good group um, that holds you very accountable to all things and they're not they're none of them are mean um, for the most part, <laughs> so I just I don't I want to throw that out there too. They're it's all that, very nice. It's that loving, it's that loving accountability. Yeah, and, and that's that's important too. I mean, you can have accountability partners that actually meet you someplace. Yeah, you can have accountability partners that that check on you and, and make sure that you're doing the things that you've talked about doing, and you can have accountability accountability partners that's yourself. Of you've just got a checklist or you've got some sort of thing that uh, you've got written down that you're trying to get a task accomplished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sweet. So let's see. I know we talked about, um, well, you said something about comparison after you said discipline um, two podcasts ago. Mm-hmm. What do you, how do you um, think those two coexist, um, comparison and discipline? Well, that, I'll answer it this way first. I mean, comparison is, is uh, can be very devastating to people. Mm-hmm. So if you know you're getting started and, and you're running at whatever pace or you're cycling at whatever intensity number of watts or you're swimming at whatever pace, and somebody else who's been doing it longer or who, who is more efficient at you than you has a faster pace, and you start comparing yourself, well, I'm not as fast as so and so, that can be defeating. Yeah. And so you know I'm not a big fan of of comparison on on those sort of things. I mean, the discipline to stay focused on you, to stay focused on your form, to stay focused on what your intensity should be. That's how I would compare those two. Mm-hmm. Try to resist comparing yourself to somebody else, period. Definitely uh, minimize any comparison from somebody who's been doing it longer than you've been doing it. Um, you can put an age criteria on there, right? So if you've got somebody that's 20 years younger than you and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't keep up with them anymore. That's, you know, it, it makes sense as you say it out loud, but how many times do we do that? It doesn't, we don't take those factors into account of these comparisons and it can be self-defeating yeah and um can you give examples on how either you or others um has said that works for them mm-hmm. where they don't um they they stay disciplined and they don't compare themselves to others because i know like i mean i've just heard it in training out here and whatnot you, like people saying i can't keep up with that person but i'm doing this 
Yeah. Um, just for yeah. Those. As, I, as I'm talking, you know, I'll talk to people and, and invite them to the group runs. Let, let's mm-hmm. talk about that for a second. On, yeah. on the Saturday morning group runs are eight o'clock. We leave here from the gym. Mm-hmm. We we run a certain duration. We run a certain time, and and we come back. So I'll invite somebody who's a, a new runner to that, and they're like, "Oh, I can't do that. I'm not fast enough," because there are, there's a perception that everybody else is faster than they are. Mm-hmm. If if the individuals that I'm talking to that that give me that answer would show up, they're all at the same pace. And see, <laughs> yeah. they, they'd have their own group, their own intensity that they might be separated by a few yards, but they're going to be running you know, relatively the same. Yeah. And so when you when you allow yourself not to be pulled in or not to be pulled back because of that perception you can win mm-hmm. you can you can go do what you want to do with that confidence and you're going to have all kinds of people to uh, support you yeah when each of those individuals give into it or are um, uh, use this language they're not strong enough to to show up to to risk you know, maybe being behind or being different than somebody or yeah. or feeling that they're comparing comparing themselves um, when each of those individuals don't come in, well, now they're all missing a, a great opportunity to help with the discipline, with the accountability, with the progression. So that's one of the ways that I've seen it at work and not work is, you know, the individuals who are willing to show up, the individuals who are willing to risk, those are the ones that usually are successful. Mm-hmm. No, and I agree. I agree totally um, because I think, you know, when we get into that comparison thing, we see people for where they are now and not where we started. So I'll just use myself for example. I, I always try to tell everyone I had to walk too. Mm-hmm. Like I promise when I first started with you, I had to walk and it it was terrible because well, so when I first I'll tell you the story of my first run when I started with you. I took off at a dead sprint because <laughs> <laughs> because you know you were like I, I knew my heart rate zone uh-huh. like where I was supposed to be, and so and I I was just so ignorant that um, I didn't know to build myself up into it. Yeah. So I was like, let's say it was one fifty five. I said, okay, I need to get my heart rate up to 155, and then I need to keep it there um, within however um, many beats it was. So I take off, and I I was running at Fort Harrison State Park, and it's like this section. There's a woods section that I started in, and you come out of the woods, and you go out into this, like, park area. And I sprinted through the woods, and I'm like, I like – I was like, I like this. This is – I mean, I can do this. I can run fast for a long period of time. Um, and then next thing you know, it was like, boom, heart rate's there. And now I have to figure out how to get it down. And so it was a battle of jogging and then walking and jogging and walking. And it was so hard because I would walk and then like there was these, you know, um, just casual joggers that would end up passing me back as I'm walking. And I'm standing, I'm so frustrated because I'm like, I know I'm faster than you and I know I can go. I was like, but this guy has me, you know, <laughs> trying to get my heart rate He's down. He's holding me back. I He's know. holding me back. So I know how frustrating that can be. And so that's why I hope everyone understands that when you come, like you said, it's so important to just get started because, you know, a lot of us has been, have been there before. Um, and like you said on the last podcast or the one before that, you usually get with a mentor um, or a few mentors where – We've all been there and we've all done that. And I think, it, like you just said, it's so critical that you get here and you get started. So, one, you can 
get started to accomplish your goals. And I really do think that a lot of the people in the group help you do that uh, with the accountability, with the encouragement. Um, and it's, it's fun with more people. Like yeah. if you train on your own, it's not as fun. And I found that out um, a lot this year because now well, now specifically, I'm training pretty much on my own. Like I'm running on my own, but I was just running with my cross country team. And so it was a lot more fun to run with the cross country team than it is on my own now. And so it's kind of like you, you miss that. So yeah. um, I agree. I think people should get here and get started. Yeah. Well, you've got a late season uh, uh, half Ironman coming up too. So your, yeah. your season's extended more than most and you get to mm-hmm. do a little bit more on your own. Um, part of the process i want to talk about in, in there is the um, we have a lot of people that um, have been through this process as you just described it mm-hmm. and you know i spent some time with those individuals doing it and one of the great things one thing that i'm more most proud of is those individuals care enough about their training to also help you in your training and mm-hmm. so you know the stuff we're talking about i can't do it all by myself you know i want people to think that there's a uh, some really great things that I can do for them, and there are. But the best part of, of PXP Endurance is that we've got a group that has learned and is growing and mentoring, and, and they love to just welcome new people and, and share their experiences and help them grow themselves. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree with that. And I didn't plan on, I feel, I, I really did not plan on doing so much advertising, like kind of for <laughs> us, or I guess bragging on us, kind of, but like. It, it just happened so but i do yeah and i, do I, I don't that. mean that as bragging I, that's, right. that's oh no i'm not saying you are either sure. i'm just saying like yeah. i didn't plan on bragging about the group <laughs> you know? oh i'm proud uh, of them They're, they yeah. do great stuff so awesome okay um that's pretty much it i have on discipline i just kind of want to go over that topic again to feed off of um the previous two podcasts uh, i do have a couple questions is there but is there anything else you want to go off of um, from discipline or no, I any think of that. that? I think just to kind of summarize the discipline piece, I mean, it's, it's critical that in your off season, you're taking time to, to build a strong base, be disciplined to, to not, um, uh, rush that process. You know, what do you really need to do? You know, is it a strength effort? Is it flexibility? Do you need to take time to rest and recover from what you've done? Once you've got into to that space, then taking the time to, to build your aerobic fitness, mm-hmm. you know, that big, strong foundation, and then get into the, the cool stuff, you know, the fast, powerful, the stuff that we all like to show off with. And, right. and if we can be disciplined in that overview process and in the day-to-day stuff, you're going to be successful. For sure. No, I agree. I like that. It's just because, you know, I was thinking about your um, house reference that you made on one of the previous podcasts where you said you build the foundation first. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, just going off what you said now, you always have to go back and fine tune that kind of stuff too, right? Like you have to replace your, um, your, um, furnace at some point or your water heater at some point or your, um, what's the thing outside the air conditioner, (laughs) that thing. Yeah. Like you, like those things are all things that aren't, those are the not fun stuff. Right. But they, I mean, they cost a lot typically. Um, and that's just what I think of when you talk about, working on your balance, working on your flexibility and all that, right? Like it's not the, um, 80 inch TV that you can go buy. Um, yep. it's the, 
Yeah, not and, so and, fun. If, and if we look more structurally with that, you know, you go through a season and, and you know, let's say you get a, a, a hailstorm, you have a race where mm-hmm. something didn't go well, you, you've wrecked or, you know, you, you pushed too far, or you just had something break down. Maybe that's a hailstorm, you need to replace the roof. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe at the end of the season, you're looking back and you were tired, and as you look back, you find that your foundation wasn't as strong as you thought it was. Your aerobic base, perhaps, or the, the, the base fitness, the base flexibility, the base mobility wasn't where you needed it to be. That's the time in the off-season to, to go back and, and uh, shore up those areas before you move forward. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. Awesome. Well, good. Oh, I'm good on that. A um, couple questions from a couple listeners. This is actually from one of my best friends growing up. Um, so shout-out to him. He actually coaches um, basketball up north for Goshen College. Mm-hmm. Um, they're rebuilding. I <laughs> will say that. But shout out to them. Um, he said he he had the question of what's the best kind of cardio aside from running. And so I know there's not a best, but I'm gonna have you go with it. Yeah. So I, I've had. I'm gonna give a couple examples. And I'm gonna come back and try to see if I can answer that. Mm-hmm. So the, the best cardio, the best cardio is where you get your heart rate and your cardiovascular system up at a certain intensity and hold it there for a period of time. Mm-hmm. We've had uh, triathletes that have been injured in one form or another where they couldn't run Mm -hmm. for a period of time going into an event but we could maintain their fitness by doing swims and bikes ellipticals all kinds of other stuff in their cardio their fitness keeping that at a certain level and then as we get closer to the race we could bring the running back in depending what the injury was bring the running back in and then they have a successful race because their cardio was maintained at a certain space okay so i don't know that there's a, a a perfect type of cardio running's hard Mm-hmm. You got your your body's working a lot, and so I like that fitness from running uh, because of everything that has to work together. Um, but if you've got some sort of structural issue, or you've got an ache and a pain, or you can't take the pounding, you, you've gotten to a certain space. Um, and I've been told I shouldn't be using certain space and, and places as much either. But if you get to a certain um, fitness level or a certain injury um, situation where you can't pound, you can't run. Uh, consistently enough, you know, vary it. As long as you're getting your heart rate up and your breathing rate up and, and you're keeping it there for a period of time, you're going to build and grow uh, that cardiovascular fitness. Okay. Awesome. I was going to say swimming because it's the most challenging one um, <laughs> for me at least. <laughs> so uh, that was going to be my answer for him. Um, yeah, and there's some okay. people like, so swimming is not a bad one, but some people can't. Some people are good at it. <laughs> some people Believe it or not. They don't, they don't work really hard. <laughs> But some people do it, and, and they don't really get out of breath, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're not getting your heart rate up to a certain yeah. intensity, you're not getting out of breath, that's not a cardio workout. Right. No, I agree. Um, okay, next question. This one's got a lot of meat to it. Oh, boy. So Paul, Paul emphasized training and training plans are individualized for us based on our unique needs and abilities. How does that translate to a team setting? How would you structure a program for a team? Not asking for specifics here, but would um, would there be more of an emphasis on tailoring, tailoring workouts? Yeah. So um, there's a lot in that. Yeah, I was going to okay. say, if you need me to there's, there's a lot in there. Let, so, let me give a, a summary. So if I've got an individual preparing for a an event, mm-hmm. okay, well, we, we figure out where their base is. We figure out where their fitness level is. We figure out all these pieces, and we ramp them up into that event Mm -hmm. in a team environment you've got a bunch of people Mm -hmm. who have different fitness levels to get to the same event 
and similar to what we were talking about the group run earlier, yeah. if the team is doing the same workout, you can have about the, the middle third of that group that's getting it perfectly. Mm-hmm. You can have some individuals that are faster or more fit that by doing that same workout, they're not getting the same workout, the same intensity workout. They could do more, and so they're not improving as much. And you can have that bottom half of that group that's overworking or working too much, and that's the group that I think you're going to be at risk for things. Yeah. So if you can take that workout and use the theme, mm-hmm. okay, so we got a team workout, and today we're going to run um, five miles, and, and we're going to be at this intensity level. Well, some of those individuals, that intensity level, they can't survive for five miles. Mm-hmm. And so modify them. Say, hey, you're going to do four, you're going to do three. Okay. Some of those individuals for that fitness level or that space might be able to do six or seven. Mm-hmm. And so you, know, you can modify that off of that. Or what you could do is keep the distance the same, assuming they, they can all do that distance, mm-hmm. and then you modify the intensity of that. Okay. Okay? you got to be careful by modifying the intensity because now you're changing the energy system and how you're approaching it. Yeah. Some of them are going to be in that zone two, zone three, possibly all the way up into zone four. And so it's that theme that you would use. What's your goal for that day mm-hmm. uh, if you're treating an individual? Use that same theme for the team, and then you've got to help the team understand how to apply that to themselves and their fitness level and where they're at, how they're feeling, how well they sleep, what's their nutrition like, how much energy do they have, and be able to apply that as they move forward. Okay. No, that was a great answer. I like that. Cool. Well, that's it for our questions. Um, we just had two today to go over. I didn't know how long they would take, um, but those were good answers, so I like that. Um, kind of want to, so we're going to get into our fun segment. Oh, boy. Now. Oh, boy. Here so, we go. I only have three questions for you today, but I like these three. So we're going to go into our would you rather. Would you rather have a mullet for a year <laughs> or be completely bald for six months? Completely bald for six months. Well, my hair's short enough. I'm almost completely bald anyway. Yeah, yeah so you go with that one. You yeah. don't want to have fun? A um, little mullet for a year? Yeah. There, there might have been a time you know, a number of years ago when I had a, a mullet-ish yeah. haircut. Okay. This, this was more fun. All right. Well. I'll take it. I, I think it'd be funny if you had a mullet. You should try to grow it back up. I may have to go buy one and just put a wig on and bring it to class. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Have you seen the um, – have you seen the – you've watched The Office, right? Uh-huh. Remember when they had, like, Michael Scott with the <laughs> old school pit mullet uh-huh. picture? I love that picture. All right. Would you rather know when you are going to die or how you are going to die? Oh, neither. Um, ne- yeah. Yeah, neither. Uh, that, those are things that um, – I prefer not to think about either of them. I, right. want that to I, be a, I want that to be a surprise. But if I was going to figure out if, if I, of the two, so when I don't know, I don't want to know when. Uh, okay, I don't want to know when. Okay, I guess knowing how you kind of prepare to. Sure. So I, I just I was curious because like I did. It's kind of a more of a sad question, but I was like, you know, it's it's kind of interesting though, uh-huh. just to see. But um, would you rather have? Would you rather have to hunt and gather all your food? Or eat only McDonald's for every meal. Oh heavens! Yeah. They have the, the, McDonald's. The, the McDonald's would be good for about three or four days, and yeah. I'd be over it. So I'm gonna go with hunting again. Yeah. So you're gonna. So I'm gonna ask you another question. If you're hunting, what are you gonna try to hunt? Um, are, well, if you're hunting, are you doing like fishing? Or are you gonna go like? Crossbow or well, well, bow right, and arrow. Well, right now it's deer season. Well, so yeah, I'm gonna right. go with deer. That's an easy answer. What are you gonna do in the summer? <laughs> Chase some squirrel. <laughs> okay, there you go. All right, there's there's your cardio for you. See out, see out when you're running, you go squirrel. Yeah, yeah. 
For real. Okay, cool. Um, I do want to start a shout out kind of segment. Um, we actually, I'm going to shout out my Our Lady of Mount Carmel because this is something we did in our cross country team. So shout out to them um, for this segment. If there's anyone you want to shout out, like recently that you've seen, you know, accomplish something or do something cool. Yeah, I'm really part, proud of the Garen Catholic girls. Not oh, okay. With their cross country team, you know they. You know, they were in here last spring and, and over the summer doing some strength stuff. I, I mean, and I don't don't mean this to sound um, like I'm patting myself on the back, but they worked really hard. Mm-hmm. And in the spring, I told them they're going to make it to state. You know, the, mm-hmm. the the intensity they were working at, the weight, the effort they were putting stuff into it. You know, the efforts they were just uh, focusing on their training. It was clear that something great was going to happen. Yeah, um, and you know they and made it to the state uh, championship, finished eleventh. Right. That's a great accomplishment for them, and they're and that team is so young. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they do as they continue to to grow and mature. Yeah, absolutely. No, shout out to them because they are they're <coughs> up and coming. And then it's sad to see the ones leave though, because <laughs> you is. know obviously there's those ones too. But okay, cool. Anybody else? Uh, I'm sure there. I mean, you don't I'm don't sure have there to, is. A, um, right now, we that's have more podcasts. To, yeah, that comes <laughs> to mind right now in terms of things. Um, you know, right now, that's that's the major one that comes to mind this time of season. Okay, awesome. Well, good. Well, I do want to start putting that into there. Um, so that's going to be it for everything for today. Uh, I say that, and I still have a lot <laughs> left on here, though. Uh, so we have a lot for this conclusion. So I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who has left a review this far. You guys are awesome. Um, I so I can't see Spotify ones, and I don't know why. Uh, so if you've left a review on Spotify, thank you. I'm sorry, I haven't seen it. I don't know if they show it, or you have to get so many so you show it. But I know on Apple, there's been four or five star reviews. I'm working with Apple to see those reviews because I know people can see them. It's just not showing that to me either. I can just see the number and the stars. So thank you for everyone that's left a review so far. I do want to recognize you once I get that information. Um, so thank you. For everyone else, please leave a review. Um, that's how the ratings go up. That's how we get put up there more so people can see us other than just searching for us. But thank you to the ones that have already. Um, a little housekeeping here. Thanksgiving 5K on Thanksgiving Day. Are you running? Absolutely. So yeah. next next Thursday morning, uh, eight o'clock from here. Um, it's a I'm gonna call it a fundraiser for Our Lady Mount Carmel. Their food bank. Mm-hmm. Um, bring a canned good. Come join us. We've got medals. We've got warmth. We're gonna have some hot chocolate and some cider and that sort of thing. Maybe a donut or two for you as well. Yeah. Um, it's just a, a fun way, free, just to bring a canned good, support someone else, and. When you're done, go get you a, a big meal. For sure. And, yeah, bring bring your friends, bring your family, right? I don't know if, uh, who you have here, but bring them all. It's, I I like getting a run-in before Thanksgiving because it means I get to eat more yeah. personally. So I feel like it justifies how much I'm about to eat. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, And there are a lot of diff- different options in the area. There's uh, several races mm-hmm. that you can register for. Um, and they support some great causes. This is just another opportunity for us to give back as well. Yeah, no, absolutely love it. Um, I don't think I've asked you this, but when you were gone, I was asking, we went through all the classes, and I asked everyone, what's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Mm. Well, turkey, obviously. 
Okay. Then, I, then I love some really good oyster dressing. Oyster uh, dressing. Okay, oyster that's, dressing. that's the first time I've heard that one. Yeah, that's a really good one. Is sweet potato pie that's okay. healthy or no? I don't know. It's okay. I'm going to side on healthy. <laughs> that's what I was asking all the classes. It's got sweet potatoes in it. And Oh, and this is the last podcast before Thanksgiving, so happy yep. Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, we'll see you at our 5K. So uh, we also have the success store is having a sale. PXP, the PXC, PXP success store. So everyone come in, you get 35% off t-shirts, pullovers, and sweatshirts, 15% off triathlon and cycling clothing. You see how good he looks in that right now? If you're a listener, you better go view. Um, you could get that at a discounted rate, which that is one of my favorite shirts that we have here. It actually, is, It's comfortable. It's, it's warm. It, it it fits well. You're going to love it. Yeah, I love that shirt, and I think that's our, probably our most popular shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, so good job wearing that today because I did not tell him to do that. Um, <laughs> so today, yeah. Today's been a surprise. It's been good. It has been a surprise. So come get your gear, your PXP gear. Uh, if you know anyone that wants PXP gear, let tell them to come in um, and get their discount because, you know, I told Paul one time I, I get asked at the pool – where can I get those shorts? Um, and I, I wear my triathlon shorts there. And I was like, well, the only place is here. <laughs> so if you want this kind of color and whatnot, so um, feel free to buy buy some, buy an early Christmas present for a friend or a family member. Um, come in and get your gear while it's on sale. Um, next, if uh, sponsorships. So if anyone wants to sponsor the podcast, um, we're more than happy to do that. Uh, sponsorship can include an advertisement into the podcast, uh, whatever you want to partner with Paul on getting um, your products in here, or if you want to advertise on the podcast or um, for a shout out on the podcast, let us know. We could use more gear um, for the podcast and whatnot. We're going to work on what gear we need, um, but we're working on that. So if anyone wants a sponsorship, let us know. Um, we'll be happy to do that. And so that's pretty much it. So like, share, subscribe, everyone. Share it with a friend. Um, If you're not subscribed and you're listening, please subscribe um, because that also helps boost numbers. Always find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, Go to the PXP PXP Endurance YouTube channel. Uh, For those listening and that share it with a friend, I'll add in the notes. If you get on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts, um, I've not been on the Samsung podcast or Google podcast, but I'm sure it works similarly. If you start to type, if you type in PXP endurance, it'll pop up. If you type in PXP, let's talk success, it'll pop up. You might usually, if there's PXP in there, it'll be the first one. Um, if you don't put PXP in there, it might be the second or third or fourth one. You just have to scroll up a little bit and find that. So, um, it's on all of those. If it's not on some podcast station that you listen to, well, you won't listen. You won't hear this. Get on our YouTube. So get on our YouTube. Check. Oh, get on our Instagram. Check the Instagram. Um, it'll be on there or Facebook. It'll be on there as well. Share it with as many people as you can. Runners, swimmers, triathletes, cyclists, mountain bikers, all those people, uh, strength training people. So And leave your comments. Uh, really leave your comments. Let us know the good, the bad. We can handle the good and the bad. Um, let us know your questions. Please ask questions because I want to give him more questions from you guys uh, that you have on whatever it is that you have, right? Like I want to make this 
podcast for the people where we can fill in as much as the po- of the podcast with questions from you guys that you want him to answer so or general questions that you have for us so um, please submit your questions to you can always comment on the post on instagram you can always message pxp endurance on instagram or facebook um, comment on the post on facebook as well um, ask your questions directly there ask write them down and give them to paul or myself if you're coming in um, give them to either of us that's fine uh, i'll make sure that I'm trying to make sure that he doesn't answer them in the moment so we can answer them on the podcast because you might have a question that someone else might have. So write those down, get them to us, um, email PXP Endurance. Uh, you can send your question there at gmail.com, PXP Endurance Media at gmail.com. So let us know. We want your questions to make this for you guys. But other than that, that's all I have. We're going to be on to Thanksgiving before the next one. Absolutely. Hey, thank you all for listening. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, and, and stop by. You might see a mullet. <laughs> you might get a mullet. <laughs> might get a mullet 5K. There we go. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Until next week.